Hey guys, welcome out to Psychology Hacks once again. It is the second week of the year, so end of the first weekend, which I'm assuming that means that most of you guys have given up on your New Year's resolutions by now. Not to worry, in this episode we're going to talk about some ways that you can still hack your success. Uh, in hindsight, maybe this should have been the first show of the year, but I didn't really think about it. I don't make New Year's resolutions, so it didn't occur to me. But better late than never, so let's get started. I might be a little bit scatterbrained today, but I'm going to try to use, I'm going to try to get as much information to you guys as I can, probably by using the spaghetti method, you know, just throwing as much of the wall as I can, seeing what sticks. First of all, if you've already failed your resolutions, don't quit, okay? Don't give up on them. It's really silly to expect yourself to start something brand new and not slip up for the whole year. Instead, what you need to focus on is building good habits that are going to last even after this resolution is over. Now, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to start too many things at once. Whenever January rolls around, uh, they start thinking, oh, I'm going to get back in the gym. I'm going to read and meditate every day. I'm going to start waking up at 6 a.m. I'm going to start saving. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to floss, all this other stuff. In reality, that's not that realistic. If you listen to my episode on habits, you already have an idea of why it's not realistic. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it next. But basically, doing all these things that, that you don't want to do, it causes a lot of cognitive strain. Your brain doesn't like working so hard, and it actually has systems in place to keep you from pushing it too much. So if you've ever tried really hard to understand something like weird and complicated about your taxes, or you put off paying a bill just because thinking about paying that you know, your rent or whatever. It's because you're, you're thinking about like, where's this money going to come from? And you get stressed out and it, it gets so stressful that you just kind of give up and like, I'll, I'll do it later. Well, your brain does it on purpose. Your conscious, rational brain is very good at allocating resources. And it's not going to work much harder than it really needs to for very long. On the other hand, your unconscious brain, it uses very little energy to, to make these decisions. The reason it does that is because it always goes with the default choice. So the default choice is what we call habits. And they're what we do without thinking about it. And they make up the overwhelming majority of our lives. So our goal needs to be to create habits that help us, uh, but also to create habits um, like going to the gym every day. We have to, we have to start off of making conscious decisions and we have to do it consistently. Uh, and that, that can be difficult at first. So what I'm recommending here is that you start with one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm your brain with a bunch of new things all at once. Pick the most important one. Uh, create a create a clear trigger for it. So, for example, uh, again, if you haven't listened to the, the episode on habits, you really should. But the habit starts with some kind of trigger, and you know you, you don't have a standalone habit. Like something makes you start this. So, coming home from work might be one for a lot of people. Is if you're trying to go to the gym, as soon as you get home, you immediately get dressed and go to the gym, right? Or maybe it's when you wake up. Maybe it's on your lunch break. Whatever it is for you, just be specific about it. Be clear about it. And be, uh, make sure that you, you stick with it for at least a couple weeks. Eventually, you'll start finding yourself doing it without thinking about it too much. Just start small. Give yourself lots of positive reinforcement. Um, do this with you know, self-talk, affirmations. Uh, this is, this is the, the act of shaping behavior. You, know, you, don't, you don't need to start off by saying, I'm going to spend an hour in the gym every day. You can start off by, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out for a couple minutes, right? You, you don't have to do a whole lot. What you want is that consistency to where you don't even think about it anymore. You just, you just go do it. You get home and you find yourself automatically getting dressed and going to the gym. Now, once your habit is established, then you can start creating these, these blocks. You can chunk them together. And this is where uh, 
So if you finish one habit, that's the trigger for the next one. So for example, I like to meditate after I get back from the gym. So where um, the, the trigger for me for, for meditation is sitting on my yoga mat. And that's really easy to do because uh, I, I stretch as soon as I work out. And so like it's already it's already out there. I, as soon as I get home, you know, I put the mat out, I, I stretch out, triggers the next, uh, the next habit. So that was a lot easier for me to do than just saying, okay, I'm gonna meditate every day and I'm gonna work out every day. But now you're bringing them together. All right, so next, let's consider if it's not one of your goals, it really should be, but you should really consider getting serious about your money. And I know that that's especially true in this time, uh, but I was reading recently about the effects of poverty on your, your mental abilities. And they, they found out that stressing over your finances in and of itself can cause you to lose around a dozen IQ points. So if, you, if you've got this, this stress of you know, where, where your bills are coming from or finances or whatever, you're, you're going to score significantly lower on any kind of you know cognitive test and it's because it just it creates so much mental strain even if it's on the back burner and you're not consciously thinking about it but it's something that's it's stressing you out on a consistent basis that's going to sap that that cognitive uh, energy that those abilities so try getting try getting your money in order and trust me i know it's it's really it's really difficult this time uh especially this this last year trust me i was i was hit pretty hard so i'm not I'm not saying that from a place of um, superiority at all. This is, I'm also talking to myself. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get it together somewhat. But uh, just playing off of that, instead of just trying to add on a bunch of new stuff, like trying to go to the gym, trying to read more or whatever, maybe start, make some of your resolutions more about hacking away at things that stress you out, things that you don't need in your life that is taking away energy. For example, you know, poverty. Make it your re resolution not to be poor anymore. That's mine. That's my only one. It's probably not going to happen. But positive thinking, right? Remember the last episode? What was it? The unconscious mind? Positive thoughts, positive thoughts. Anyway, moving on. If you do get off track, this is very important. Don't wait to get started again, all right? Most people like to wait for some kind of landmark to begin something. So they'll say, okay, well, you know, I, I skipped the gym this last few days. I'll start again Monday. I'll start again next week. You know, it's it's Thursday. There's there's no sense in only doing legs this week. Come on, like I, you know, I'll I'll, I'll wait till next week, or I'll start I'll stop drinking after my birthday, or hey, this is gonna be my New Year's resolution. You know, whatever. Don't fall into that trap. It's a very common thing. People kind of just gravitate towards it. Uh, in his book Atomic Habits, which is an awesome book, you guys should absolutely read that book if you like this show at all, and if you're at all serious about improving your lives, it's it's such a good book. But uh, the author James Clear. He talks about how building habits is kind of like making little votes for the kind of person that you want to be. So you don't have to read every single day in order to be a reader. You know, it's not going to screw things up if you if you miss a day. As long as a majority of the time you do make the decision to read. Uh, you still, it's, it's like you're winning the popular election. If you read 360 days out of the year, you're a reader. Like you read every day. Like you don't need to sweat the small stuff. You don't, you don't need to worry about those couple days that you missed. The problem is when you start to miss, say, two days in a row, or if you start to consistently miss a day every week, and then because that very easily starts to turn into two days a week, or, you know, I always miss this day, what's the big deal if I miss a day after two? But that, it, it starts to kind of spiral out of control pretty quickly, um, because then, then those are votes for you not being a reader. If you do miss a day, whatever you're trying to do, just get back on track as soon as possible, even if it means starting at a weird time. It's worth it, trust me. 
Uh, and again, or well, next, if you're overwhelmed about starting something new, just be aware of the dangers of cognitive overload. If you've decided to learn a new instrument this year, you're probably going to be intimidated. Like there's a lot to it, but it's really important not to spend too much time stressing out about this. Pick an instrument you like, get started, you know, give it a couple months. If you don't like the instrument after four months and you've kind of got a feel for it, then okay, you can move on to something else. You don't need to stick with something all year, even if after a few months you, if if you're like six months into it and you realize I really hate this, like I don't like doing it, I don't like quit. Like that, that's not a big deal. You didn't like it, you, you but you gave it an honest shot. The problem is if you start and you do it for like maybe a month or two, that's not really enough time, especially if it's something it, you're not going to see any massive results in anything, but especially with something that you're trying to learn you're not really going to get enough uh, experience with it to, to have much of a feel for it. I, I play a couple a couple different instruments, and really that first year is all about learning. Like, y- you enjoy it before the end of the year, but the first few months are, are really difficult. So you just, you have to give it time, but you don't want to spend too much time in the initial phase of uh, collecting information, of saying, like, if, if, you've, if you've just started an instrument, and you're taking lessons or you're teaching yourself, you don't want to spend, you know, 20 hours a week learning music theory or learning the the mechanics of how your instrument works. You're going to get overwhelmed because you can't apply that stuff yet. You don't have the foundation for it to make much sense. You'll retain all of 1% of that. If you spend a, a crap load of time sitting there taking in information and not doing it, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're not actually going to know what any of this stuff means. You might start to understand it a little bit better, but it's really much better to learn as you go. What's going to happen is you're going you're gonna to overwhelm your brain, and it's going to freak out, and it's going to shut down, and it's going to say, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. All right, People shut down when they're presented with too much information. It causes decision paralysis. It causes this kind of overload where you feel like you don't want to do it anymore. And we all know overthinkers, and they get they get stuck, and they can't make up their minds. So just narrow down to the, the, the essential top four or five things as quickly as you possibly can. That's all your brain's really gonna focus on anyway. You can't, you can't focus on more than one thing at once at all. You can't, you can't consciously focus on one thing at once, but you can't hold more than a couple of other things in, in, on the back burner at a time. And I, I've done some research on this. Every, a lot of people say different things. There, there used to be the rule that it was about seven, give or take two things that you could hold in your, in your mind at once. Uh, more recent studies have said that it's closer to four, give or take two. So I, I don't know the exact answer. I can't tell you the number, but essentially you want to you want to narrow it down as much as you can. So, like when I start learning music, I, I try to figure out what is the, what are the essentials for this instrument. Or if I'm if I'm in the gym and I'm trying a new kind of workout program, like what is the most important aspect of this? What whatever you're doing, figure out if I could do nothing else, if I could only focus on two or three things, what are those two or three things that would still get me pretty good results? Narrow it down to those. Stick with them for a couple months. Everything else will kind of come naturally, you know? So, and then lastly, this is solely my personal opinion, but if you're serious about hacking your psychology and you don't already have any kind of meditation practice, you really need to start one. It's it's a gateway to understanding yourself better. It's a gateway to to using your mind at opt, optimum capacity. It's a, it's a great way to organize your thoughts because of the fact that you, you take yourself out of the world of thought for a minute. People get so fixated on what's going on inside their heads 
it's so easy to get caught up and think that that's life, that that's everything, and that the way you see things is the only way. So it's so important to to take a minute, well, ideally more than more than one minute, but to just just pull back out and kind of take a break from that. And t- it, it teaches you that you're not your thoughts. So if you have these negative thoughts and beliefs, you start to realize, you know what, that, that's not necessarily true. And you, you can start to look at yourself a little bit more objectively. You can start, start to have a little bit less stress in your life. It's just, it works out in a lot of different ways. But next week, we're going to be talking about uh, NLP. So we're going to get started in. NLP is a very, very powerful tool that I've found. I've been using it for years, and it, it essentially rewires your brain. And you, but you do it intentionally, and it has very real results. It's very practical, and I think a good meditation practice helps you to be a little bit better at NLP because it, it teaches you that focus, and um, it, it, I guess it can teach you visualization. But we're going to get started on that next week. It's probably going to be a series. I've been excited about it. I wanted to do it for a while, but I will see you guys then. Go out, put this into practice. Don't give up on your resolutions. Go forth and conquer.